also want you to be aware of, I didn't announce this first hour, but Trent uh, was the Highlands, uh, Highlands County Teenager of the Year. Uh, so he won that award. Um, so I wanted to make sure that you're aware of that. And then also one other thing that I wanted to say, and I didn't uh, say if I can get Nancy to show it for me. Um, I want you to see the two people that you never see, but are here every week doing something for our church family. So, Nancy, would you mind showing them a picture of you? I know you don't want to, but it's in there. So, um, And then also show the one of, of Robbie. Robbie's right next to her every week. They're, they're here early, running sound. So I wanted to say thank you uh, to them and uh, appreciate their service to our church family. So this morning, as you're uh, with us, I want to go the next couple of weeks in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to start in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 1 uh, this morning, and uh, I, want to, I want to talk to you about wisdom. And in saying that, as you look through uh, the book of Proverbs, and, and you know, it's probably best you just to go ahead and go to Proverbs chapter 1, uh, in, in going there, um, let's skip the next two, and let's get to the one where it said, just says advice. Um, Going in this direction as we think about wisdom, what I want to start with you this morning is, is a passage of Scripture in James. I don't want you to turn there, but I want you to be aware of this passage. James chapter 1, verse 19. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I do not believe wisdom is something that is hard to find. But I do believe, unless you're willing to listen, you will not receive wisdom. And so this morning, as we've gathered here as a family and talk about wisdom, and we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1, you have to be willing to say, okay, Lord, in my heart, I'm open to hear your voice. I'm willing to pause this morning and take some instruction from the Word of God and say, okay, Lord, I want to learn from you this morning. Because when I go to... Proverbs chapter 1, and uh, we'll read Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to drop down uh, to verse 7, which is probably what most of you are aware of. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so this morning as we've gathered, and then you read that word, uh, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm not so sure that we need to be afraid of the Lord? Because that's the first thing when you read the fear of the Lord, you're thinking, well, I'm not afraid of God. I want to classify the fear of the Lord from this perspective. It's reverence that is expressed in submission to His will. So when you gather this morning around the Word of God, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. There has to be something going on inside of us saying, Lord, I'm here to listen to you today. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I'm coming to you with a heart of reverence. Now what's interesting is, reverence or the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. So if I don't come to the Lord with a heart of reverence, if I don't come to the Lord with a heart of awe, if I don't come to the Lord with a heart of being humble before Him, guess what? You will not get wisdom. 
And there's going to be seasons in your life where you're going to say, okay, Lord, I'm really excited about hearing your voice, and I'm going to show that to you. So let's show them this, the next slide. Take your Bible, and so as we go to, we're going to walk through some of the Old Testament truths of Scripture. So we're going to start with Noah. So go back to Genesis, uh, or yeah, go back to Genesis chapter 6, and I want you to think about reverence as we talk about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Genesis chapter 6 this morning. Genesis chapter 6, starting with verse 19. And I want you to think about Noah with me. Genesis 6, verse 19. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, if you think about the word reverence, you think about the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge. Think about Noah, for instance. We all know that Noah built an ark. How many of you know how many years it took Noah to build an ark? How many? 100. 100 years of saying, okay, God, in a heart of reverence, I'm going to build a boat. And it had never rained before. So God, really, you're going to ask me to do something that we've never seen rain. Nobody else in all the world has a boat, and you're going to flood the earth. God, really, that's what you want from me? but out of a heart that was willing to submit to his will. God, you told me to do this, and so for a hundred years, it doesn't matter what society says, it doesn't matter how many people laugh at me, guess what? Noah walked with God, and he built a boat. Somebody else that I want you to look at this morning as you think about um, this heart of God, and I want you to think about uh, Joseph. So take your Bible and go to Genesis Chapter 37, Genesis 37. If you have some, t- some time uh, in the next couple of days, come back to Genesis chapter 37. Do a little history about Joseph's family. If you want to see a, a crazy dysfunctional family that's an absolute mess, that's Joseph's family. And uh, so as you think about Joseph's life, you also you know that Joseph is the coat of many colors. You know that Joseph had a dream. And he told his brothers that one day you're going to bow down before me. And then I want you to pick it up in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 15. A man found him wandering Joseph in the fields. And the man asked him, who are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers. Just stop there. Why do you think God put that man in the field? Because if there would be no man in the field, guess what? Joseph probably would not have been sold as a slave. Joseph probably would not have ended up in prison. But God said, send a man. And the man asked the question, who are you looking for? The sovereignty of God to put that man in the field knowing that Joseph, God knew that Joseph was going to go find his brothers. God knew that his brothers hated him. God knew that he would, those brothers would take him and cast him into a cistern, into a pit. There was no water there, so he was not going to drown, but the brothers cast him in there. God knew that his brothers were going to sell him as a slave. And God knew that you and I would be talking this morning about reverence. 
And I want you to see something out of a life of an individual that should have been bitter. That should have been ticked off at God saying, God, I am not following you. It is over. Take your Bible and go with me to Genesis chapter 39, verse 2. Well, you can see, we can read verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought to, down to Egypt, to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and became, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of the Egyptian master. Drop down a little bit farther. You'll see that the master, Joseph master in verse 6. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And he, be, and he became, uh, and he, sorry, and became of him. And he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. Everything else was under Joseph's charge. Because God was with him. I want you to see something. Joseph came from an extremely dysfunctional home, had lots of opportunities to get angry at God. But look at Joseph's relationship with the Lord. You all know that, that Potiphar's wife wanted a physical relationship with Joseph. It wasn't just something that she asked for one time. She asked over and over and over again. And jo- I want you to see Joseph's response. Verse 9. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now you tell me where that comes from. You tell me how this guy had been through all of this stuff that had every right to say, God, I don't want to have a relationship with you. Yeah, God, I've heard about you as a boy. Yes, I had the coat of many colors. God, are you serious? Now I have opportunity to get involved in something that probably nobody would have ever known. But because there was some reverence in Joseph's heart, he said, you know what? I'm not getting involved with you, not because it's not right because of the man, but because it's not right in view of God. I'm not going to sin against God. Interesting to me. I want you to hold on to that thought. I want to take you on to the next person. I want you to take you uh, to the book of Joshua. And I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1. And I want you to see some words that Joshua had been given. Joshua chapter 1. Moses is off the scene. God is now getting involved in this personal relationship with Joshua. Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I will walk with you, Joshua. Everywhere you go, every place your foot trods, you will have victory, Joshua. But know this, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I had sworn to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to the law that Moses, your servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be, have good and have success wherever you go. This book of the law will not depart from you, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, you will make, for then they will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
So Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous. Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Joshua, I'm going to take you to the walls of Jericho. Joshua, I'm going to ask you to march around the walls. Joshua had been a lot, involved in a lot of different battles. But I don't have anything in Scripture that ever says that Joshua walked around the walls of Jericho other than this one time. You know what God said to him? Joshua, I want you to go to battle, and Jericho's going to be your city, and you will conquer it. But Joshua, you're going to do it my way. What was God's way? March around the walls. Time out, God. I love being involved in battle. And if you want to create dynamite with me, I would love to blow up the walls. But God, I'm not real sure that as a commander-in-chief of an army that I'm going to walk around an army and you're going to knock down the walls. Now, that doesn't make sense. But there must have been something in Joshua's soul saying, God, out of reverence for you, this is what you've asked me to do. God, I'm going to march around the walls. And God, I'm going to blow the trumpet because I trust you. What would it be like if we would be reading now and talking about the fear of God begins with wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If we would go back and say, you know, well, Joshua didn't obey that. He didn't really think it was relevant. He didn't think it really fit his lifestyle. It wasn't probably a whole lot of fun to go to the other commanding soldiers and say, oh, by the way, this is what God has said for us to do. We're going to march today. And they're going to stand up there and throw stuff at us. You've all watched the VeggieTales thing. interesting joshua marched and the walls fell down take you on one more journey introduce you to a person that you know take your bible and go to second samuel chapter five. Second samuel chapter five i'm sorry let's go first samuel chapter 16 sorry i'm ahead of my notes first samuel chapter 16 Takes you an individual by the by the name of David. Passage brings you to where David is going to be anointed as king. Passage leads you to First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen, verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look on his appearance, or on his height, or his stature, because I've rejected him. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." And then God brings us this little young whippersnapper. His name is David. God's going to anoint him as king. And then God's going to take him to a battlefield in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And Goliath is going to be there. And it's interesting as you look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you pick it up in verse 34, David said to Saul, your servant used to be to keep sheep for his father. And there came a lion and a bear, and he took, he took a lamb from the flock, and I went after him, and I struck him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose again, I caught him by his beard, and I struck him, and it killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall not be like one of them, shall be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. Isn't that interesting? Does anything jump out to you that there's one person out of all the Israel's armies that finds this guy as an uncircumcised Philistine that is gets aggravated about it, his name is David. And he's the shepherd boy. He said, you don't talk about my God that way. 
And there's warriors standing all around. I don't know how many thousands of Israelite army trained, battle-ready warriors. And none of them got aggravated. But the shepherd boy did. Because there was something inside the shepherd boy's heart that said, you know what, you don't talk about my God like that. Because I've seen my God do some amazing things. And so in that process, he goes out to battle. And he says some things to this big Philistine. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. And then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you with a rock and a sling. I'm going to put the whoop down on you. Is that what he says? No, there's some reverence about this little guy. And he says these words. You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. Because my God's going to deliver me from you. The reverence of this David, it didn't matter how big the giant was. It didn't matter what the giant's name. It didn't matter if the giant had brothers. The Lord was with David. There's something that's interesting as you keep on about David, and I know you know this, but I thought this was interesting. As I think about Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, reverence. I want to take you to another passage in Scripture. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 19. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? The Philistines, will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, and I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. Still seeking God's voice. Still has a heart of reverence. Now, I want you to go to, with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Pick it up in verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. And they ravaged the Amorites and besieged Rahab. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened one late afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of his king's house. And then he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent an inquiry about the woman, and one said, here's something that's interesting. Here's an opportunity for the fear of the Lord to grab David by the throat, saying, David, you don't want to go down this road. Isn't this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Guess what? Next to my Bible, I put Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The reverence was gone. David set it aside. So, you know what, God, I, I don't reverence you anymore. God, I, I'm going to move forward in my desires for me. God, this is about me. I'm going on. 
So this morning, as you are gathered with me around the Word of God, if reverence is not part of your heart, you will not have wisdom. If your heart is not in awe of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you won't accept instruction. You will justify and set it all aside. Say, oh, well, you know, that's just kind of interesting. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's not just this one thing, oh yeah, one day I have the fear of the Lord, now I've got knowledge. No, it's an ongoing process of me coming back to the King of Kings and saying, okay, Lord, I'm in all of who you are. I come to you in reverence. I come to you with a heart that is willing to submit to your will, not mine. And what's so interesting is you keep on reading through the through Proverbs chapter 1, and I'm not going to read it all because we'll keep you, you know, past lunch, but go, to, go back to Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse um, 8. So, you know, as we go to listen to instruction, it says this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful grandlin around your neck, a pendulum around your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Don't go down that road. Are we going to listen? Are we going to say, okay, Lord, I hear your voice. I'm not going to walk down that road. Listen to your father's instructions. Listen to your teachings. Do not forsake them. I was telling first hour, um, there were certain people in my life when I was younger that I respected. Uh, One of those guys was named John Hands. Uh, He was a Christian. He was involved in church. He was our basketball coach. And when John said, we're going to do this, we listened. Because we knew the consequences if we did not listen to John Hands what it was going to be like. I remember, I'll never forget this one night, we were playing in Southern Wells at their gym, and they weren't a real good basketball team, but that night they, they beat us. And Coach called us, so we had, that was a Friday night game. Coach called us back to, the, to, the, to watch the practice, or watch the game, like on Saturday. So we're back in there watching. He said, we sat through the whole practice, or the whole time with this video playing. He would push pause, and he'd say, okay, see, there you are, you're lazy. He let, play. He let it go a little farther. And then he would find us where we weren't, where we were supposed to be, and he pushed pause. See there, you're lazy. Go a little bit farther, push pause. After we watched that video, we were out in the gym, and we ran, and we ran, and we ran like I have never run before. And I left that practice thinking, you know what? If he calls whatever, I will be at my spot because I am not doing this again. Okay? We had a chance to play Southern Wells again in our sectional tournament, and we put the whoop down on them because there was no way we were going to lose to them again and let John thrash us again. It wasn't happening. There's another guy that I played baseball for. We did not respect him. He would tell us to run. We would smile at him. He would tell us to do this. We would say, ah, well, we're not really. He he never demanded respect from us, so he never got it from us. So there are people that I know that you, when they say something to you, you're going to say, okay, I respect you. I hear you. I want to learn. Why don't we go to God and say, God, what do you want to do for me? What what do you have for me to learn today? I want to be instructed by you. I want to hear your voice. The Word of God is open this morning. Will you receive instruction? Will you listen? It's also interesting, this last thing that I want to show you, as you read through uh, Proverbs chapter 1 and, and go to verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the streets. Isn't it interesting that wisdom is not something that's hidden? 
God's not hiding wisdom from us. It's like they're out in the middle of the street saying, hey, here I am. It's like flashing light. It's over here. Walk down this road. Wisdom, wisdom cries out aloud in the streets. It's in the market. She raises her voice. Verse 22. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will you scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. Verse 24. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have I not stretched out my hand? And no one is heeded because you have ignored all my counsel. Verse 29. Because they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. A heart of reverence is the beginning of knowledge. So the last verse that I want to put on the screen this morning is goes to First uh, Peter chapter 5, uh, and then we'll be on our way. First Peter chapter 5. And most of you, if you go to First Peter chapter 5, you know First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. And so I want to read that verse. But I want, before I read that verse, I want to show you a couple of things. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Peter says to his believers that are suffering difficult circumstances, he says this to them. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Humility is a choice. And God's going to ask you to humble yourself. God's going to encourage you this morning. Cast all your anxieties upon Him because He cares for you. Have you thought at all this week about God caring for you? I mean, the sun went up, the sun went down, the moon was high. God, the Creator of all, cares about you this morning. He cares for you. Are you going to be willing to cast all your anxieties on Him? Because He cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Why do I need to be watchful? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, seeking someone to devour. I really believe, family, that Satan's not hiding around the corner waiting to devour us. I think he's roaring really loud and we as Christians are just walking right into the lies of the world because we have not been sober. We have not been watchful and we're too proud to ask for help. We're not willing to humble ourselves. Say, God, here it is, I humble myself. And it's almost like the church in America says, you know what, I can walk, I can get involved in all that over there and it, it's not going to matter. Fine, be sober, be vigilant because Satan will take you out. He did it with David. He brought him to his knees. I know David's still a man after God's own heart. I understand that. But what if David would have said, wait a minute, that's Uriah the Hittite. Man, that, that's probably not something I really need to do. Because he had this relationship with God. He said, you know what, I don't want to walk down Last verse is verse 9 in First Peter chapter 5. Resist him, firming your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And 
when I started, you know, I put on the calendar weeks ago. We'll do some of this section about Matthew. And then, I, you know, okay, Proverbs, let's do the first three or four chapters in Proverbs. So, And I'm planning in my mind, just putting it on a calendar, not knowing that God was going to say, wait a second, I want to restore your heart back to a heart of reverence. So if I know that is true of me, I know that's probably true of you. There were seasons where David had this intimate, incredible relationship. There were seasons when Joshua had an incredible relationship. There was a time that we can look at Noah. For a hundred years, he built an ark. But a few chapters down, he got drunk. So all of us need time to stop and say, okay, look, I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, God, this just flew off the page of me. He said, hold on a second. I want you to be in reverence of me. God says that to me. Because there's always things that are saying, well, you know, let's just, no, hold on a second. I want to have a heart of humility before my God. There are times that we think we can handle it. God, I really don't need you right now. I don't know what it is. I just want you to know maybe this morning he needs to re-fire up your heart at a heart of reverence. Maybe he needs to pause in your world and say, hey, it's okay to be humble. Because guess what? God accepts the humble, but he resists the proud. And I realize there's no billboard shining that out in your world. And everything inside of us as individuals sitting in this room this morning is a selfish-centered who we are. That comes natural. You know, Finn's this precious little person, but guess what? Finn's going to have an attitude one day. And Finn's going to look at Dad and say no. And Dad's going to say, hey, I I don't think you should have ice cream. And Finn's going to pitch a fit. Now, whoever taught him that? His sin nature did. And then we're going to have high school seniors that are going to struggle and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? God, I think this looks really good. God, I think I should just go over here. This looks like they're having fun. I told first hour. My kids used to say to me, um, well, Dad, they're having fun. Yeah, but I'm not their parent. Well, Dad, th- you're, you're making us do this because you're the preacher. That's the way it is. You just make us do this because you're the preacher. We can't have any fun. Like, no, it wouldn't matter if I was a preacher or a plumber. This is what I think is important. So there is a temptation for all of us, okay? Just be honest. But does your heart reverence from this morning? Does your heart have a passion to say, okay, God, I, I surrender. God, I'm willing to submit to your will. That's my prayer for you. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the opportunity that you've used it in my life. So, Father, I pray you use it in everyone's life. From the littlest person to the oldest person. That we would renew a sense of reverence for you. That we renew and excitement to humble ourselves, even though it's not easy and it doesn't come natural to us. That we will be okay to say, okay, you're in charge. That we would say to you what you said to your Father in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. And know that we're not going to get it right all the time. That there are going to be times where we, you know what? We're going to be just like David. Say, so you know what? I, he- I heard the warning, but I'm going to go down this road anyway. God's not mad at you. God's not mad at me. God's not saying, oh, man, that Patterson, he really messed it up this time. Look how many warnings I gave him. What's wrong with him? 
Romans is very clear that there's now no condemnation for those who love the Lord. Stop living in the past. You can't fix the past. Don't beat yourself up. Humble yourself for him, before him. Allow him to be your father. Ask him for help. Allow him to mold and shape your heart. Trust him with it. The thing that I thought was best, he had a different plan for me. Now he's brought me joy in my soul because he knew what was best. The Father in front of you, our hearts are before you. He knows your heart. Will you submit to him? Will you humble yourself? Will you allow him to do a reboot in your heart to where reverence and awe and surrender are part of who you are through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, do that in our family, one heart at a time, one family at a time, one home at a time. Because we're going to see you one day face to face. Can't wait to see you. And look into your eyes and say, thank you for dying for me. Now help me die to me so I can honor you. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.